All right, we live, baby. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, family. Celebration of life. I think this was a dance. Cut it, cut it, cut it. Hey. Yeah, this is just how you Your purse is way too high. You need to cut it. Your price is way too high. You need to cut it. I'm no means a dancer. I can only dance sitting down. Oh, you gotta do that move you did the other day. Your price is way too high. You need to cut it. Oh, let me stop. another episode of the last of the millennials podcast uh we probably write and we're a show that tackles topics on black culture popular culture relationships and unspoken black family dynamics so in other words you may have thought it but we're always going to say it so thank you guys for joining us on this journey as we share our perspectives that we know you all can relate to. Um, so, Furley, let's you want to go ahead and jump into it? Or? Yeah, let's get it started. We ain't wasting no time tonight. All right. So, guys, um, first off, I wanted we want to just take a moment as you heard the song, uh, cut it. Uh, it was at OT Genesis and, and Young Dolph. Um, so, yesterday was the untimely passing um, uh, of Young Dolph. He died yesterday. Was murdered yesterday in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and so, you know, you know, he is being um, remembered all over these interwebs and we just wanted to open the show tonight because uh, we all listen to Young Dolph at one point or another and vibe to him. And he is known to be a family man, an artist, and had a love for his community where it's unfortunate that's where he was gunned down. So, uh, we wanted to open up with that and just kind of pay our respects and say rest in peace to young Dolph. But can I, while, while you do that, can I introduce, like I saw some things about young Dolph today on Instagram. 
Yes. Um, and really it was about five wealth lessons from young Dolph. Um, and so even with, you know, trapping as a lifestyle and rapper, this man was a CEO in his mind and he really understood the value of believing in yourself. So um, at Kaziah MW or Professor Kez on Instagram, uh, mm -hmm. this is some quotes by Young Dolph saying, a regular job is the slowest way to wealth. Dolph said his grandma could not convince him to work a, a regular job. So his first legit business was a neighborhood barber where you make your own hours instead of asking for them. And that's such a amazing mentality to have yeah. um, in this world. Like you got to ask somebody for anything. You make the hours. There's so much freedom in it. <laughs> Absolutely. The next, the next gem was your network is your net worth. And I've heard this so many times, but it really, really, really is true. And so Dolph's friends knew his skills were worth a million. He said, my homie said, turn your freestyle into a business. So then he recorded a CD. He gave 20,000 copies away for free, which paved the way for Welcome to Dolph World, which is absolutely a classic. And to me, that's one of those things is that what are you willing to do to invest in yourself? So people might say giving this away will not get you to the status or the place you need it to. But it was about getting his name and his message out. The next one was be a CEO first. Dolph said he was a CEO before he was an artist. And so bosses know their businesses. They know the ins and outs and they own it. The artist makes the product, which is Young Dolph, but the CEO, they know how to sell the product, which his, his government name was Adolfo Thornton Jr. And so you level up when you can do both. The next thing was invest over impressing. And we know we live in a society where we want to look the part. Yes. But I don't have nothing in our bank accounts. Don't have no stocks, no bonds, no mutual funds, nothing. Nothing. Right? So... Dolph said, I knew that if I could get Dolph up, then I could figure everything else out. And because now I've got a brand to stand on that he owns, uh, he invested $3 million into his business, Paper Route Empire, uh, which eventually led to him receiving a $22 million deal that he turned down because he knew he was worth more. I believe that Master P did something like that. Yeah, he did. And investing in yourself is the ultimate independence. And so that is truly, truly, truly a gem. And the last thing about Young Dolph, own or be owned. Dolph signed a multi-million dollar distribution deal with Empire and he kept his masters. That partnership enabled him to increase his sales while maintaining his, uh, own, his ownership. So when you own, you and your descendants, they eat for it. Ever. And that's definitely the kind of legacy that I'm trying to leave. And I even saw today that every year on his children's birthdays, he buys them a property. That's dope. But that makes me think of because you said I mentioned Master P, but you know, that is Master P's um legacy and how he changed the game. He was the first artist to yeah. just get a distribution deal and own all of No Limit masters yeah and so that's like so i wonder if he was inspired by percy miller which you know 
We I'll, all are. Yeah. <clears throat> nah, nah, nah. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> Love so, it. So that's great. Um, you know, gone way too soon, and you know, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. All right, guys. So. And this week's news, a lot of things have happened. Um, so I, I, the first thing I want to talk about is today, um, the two men who were convicted of killing uh, Malcolm X were exonerated after 55 years in prison. Um, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office launched an investigation that lasted almost two years, so 22 months, finding um, numerous errors in the trial uh, where the prosecutors, the FBI, and the NYPD um, all withheld key evidence that would have freed them at that time. I think it was 1966. Um, and so they were freed today, and um, their names are Khalil Islam and Mohammed Aziz. I'm not sure how to say that. Um, like, that is... I can't even imagine you know, what, you know, we, we get wrong, wrongfully convicted all of the time. You know, mm -hmm. there is, um, a lady named me, uh, my angel Cody. She has this, um, this organization that is all about freeing people that received unjust sentences or were long, uh, wrongly convicted. And I, I love what she stands for in her work. Um, because we, you know, have notoriously historically always been um, given the, like for a better term, shitty end of the stick. Um, but I cannot imagine being convicted of killing one of the most famous civil rights figures doing a lifetime in prison, then getting released to what? Because, I mean, who? At this point, most of the family that you knew, they may have been passed. They've passed away. Like, what what life are you going to lead after this? Fifty five years ago, so much has changed in the world in fifty five years. How do you even condition your mind to be free after fifty five yeah. years? There's no amount of money that that can help you with that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and when you said that, it rem I remember watching Netflix had a had a series, a docu series out called "Who Killed Malcolm." Yeah, I watched it because I was like, "It ain't no way they really let this happen, right?" Yeah, I watched the documentary, and basically everybody knew, right, who it was. And so I have some friends in Nation of Islam, and I was like, "Yo, is this true?" Did y'all kill Malcolm? It's like, no, the government killed him, right? It may have been members of the organization who may have used whatever levers they had to do something. But the way it was set up, when you yeah. watch the, there were no police at this major, major event. And then when they were called, they took their time to get there. And it's not uncommon for the police, those who are sworn to serve and protect, to be slow yes. to respond to our communities. And they did a half-assed job on the investigation. They didn't collect bullets. Like It was just crazy. They didn't secure the crime scene. They let people leave. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And the, when Black people get to a place where the government thinks they're a threat, because something I watched this week was like, 
white people are afraid that if black folks take up arms that we're going to do to them what their ancestors did to our folks yeah we're going to seek revenge we probably should but we ain't we don't like that not like that you know but this i'm glad that they're being absolved um or exonerated and i hope that they get to that money you know get paid young nigga get paid right so that's that's really 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 good news i didn't even i didn't even see um get into how old they might be. So I'm I'm guessing even if they were 20 at the time, like they're well into their 70s, 80s, close to 90. Well, let's do some quick math. Khalil died in 2009. So the only one that is alive is Muhammad. And so let's assume they were 30 in 1965. Yeah. Uh, mine is 2021. It's 56 years. That puts them to 86. Only thing they can do now is take care of their legacy and their posterity because this is ridiculous. You know, super ridiculous. And I don't know, there was another young man today whose sentence got commuted uh, who was facing a death penalty. So it's just a great day. Delayed justice. Well, yeah, it was reduced to life without parole. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, oh, guys. So I'm sorry. So you may be wondering, where is our third? Um, she cannot be here with us tonight. Kelsey cannot be here with us tonight. She's definitely here with us in spirit. So I didn't want to keep talking and not address that. Um, you know, she just couldn't be here tonight. So we are here holding it down um, yeah. for the last of the millennials. Um, so I'm sure she'll pop in at some point, whether it's in the comments or a pop up. Um, so we'll go from there. So the next thing I want to talk about, I have two more things to talk about. And I'm we, gonna can we can go. Let's let's drag it out. Okay. So, so, so I want to do this one because this one is a little bit heavier, and the, and the second one I I want to dig deeper into. So okay. you know, like over the past year, we've been hearing more about um, is it fentanyl or fentanyl? Fentanyl drugs. Yeah, the drug. So there was a study just released that in the past 12 months, there have been more deaths related to that drug than homicides and car accidents combined in the United States. 100,000 people, 100,000 people have died in the last 12 months in deaths related to fentanyl. And... I have seen I've seen more stories locally, you know, younger kids are dying um, because so apparently, according to the story, people are either buying drugs, not knowing that it is laced with fentanyl or they are purposely buying it that way, not understanding that the dosage is 100 times more powerful than morphine. That is an instant death. Um, I think Michael K. Williams died from the same drug. And it's like, what is happening? A hundred thousand people in a year have died from this drug. Like, what is happening out here that that this like this is our story right now? We're fighting COVID, depression, mental health. We're fighting so many other things. And you know, I I know in these moments it's natural to turn to things like weed or, you know, your, I hate to say regular drug, like, you know, crack or whatever, but we like people are really dropping instantly 
from taking this drug. You're muted, Forelli. And it's it's a small amount. I, I definitely have the same sentiments as MJ. Like, Lord have mercy. I yeah. think, you know, the pandemic definitely played a role. Uh, like you said, people are have already been taking drugs, but they're taking them in higher amounts. And then people in recovery are probably relapsing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at this, this uh, story from CNN, and it says that the government has seized enough fentanyl to kill 333 million people. Wow. wow. So these numbers could be, they're really bad. But they could be even worse. Yeah. You know? And then it's also saying here that deadly fakes, they look like prescription pills. Yeah. Um, you so people buy- are thinking that they're buying, like, you know, a common thing that people buy off the street, they buy other people's Percocet prescriptions or Vicodin, or even they're buying drugs that are laced and not, uh, not knowing that it's laced. Yeah. Because they're using them as fillers. And it's like, like, what do we, how do we, because locally, um, two teenagers recently died together after they t- they had taken some drug that w- that had fentanyl in it. Yeah, this, um, this, this story goes on to say that, who, who is dying, right? There's a 28-year-old man in Northern California who died after taking a fake pain pill that contained fentanyl. There was in North Carolina, 11 month old baby left unsupervised who died from fentanyl overdose. Uh, their mother and the grandmother, they're now facing charges. Um, a 15 month old uh, father was charged in the overdose of a 15 month old toddler in Southern California. Wow. Then a mother in Alabama of a one year old also arrested. And then there's a family of a prisoner who died in Alabama of a fentanyl overdose. They they did not find out that this prisoner died until months later. Then a teenager outside of LA bought what he thought were prescription painkillers from a friend and died from fentanyl poisoning. And then a 25-year-old woman in Las Vegas who thought she was buying Percocet but died after taking fake pills with fentanyls. I mean, and these stories are just everywhere, right? People are getting these drugs yeah. Snapchat. Um they got they have it in their names, drug addicts, and they even charge people with second degree murder for selling these fentanyl lace pills. Um Snapchat has put out something that says that they're having working with law enforcement and using artificial intelligence um, and reports to the community to help identify drug dealers on Snapchat and remove them from the platform so this is totally like crazy that is crazy like the babies like the the babies are getting their parents drugs i mean which is which is not a new story but to know like it's been that many infant deaths yeah because of it like i want to i want to parking lot that for another day to talk about um, cause you know, being able to, as a child, like that's scary to know, like my child can be on TikTok or Snapchat 
and have a whole drug transaction and I never even know about it. Yeah. And because they just look like pills, right? Yeah. You don't even know the difference. And it's saying that these, how does fentanyl get in the U.S.? It's the, the chemicals used to make this drug. They're often shipped from China to the U.S. or Mexico for production by drug cartels in Mexico. And then it's smuggled to the U.S. You know, and because it can come in the mail, um, in small shipments of less than a kilogram, it's hard to really make the difference out, you know? Wow. And wow. it's it's just got to be careful out of here, y'all. Say no to drugs. Yes. Shout out to Dare in high, you know, in high school. You know, so, I mean, some of y'all still doing drugs. You know, you're daring to do drugs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, y'all is, is Dare still around at this point? I mean, I've been saying you know, I got some socks that says Dare, but it definitely oh, okay. was an adult theme socks that really encouraged drug use. But you gotta be careful, um, even with your weed smoking, because that stuff can just be laced at any time. Um, definitely got to get the word out about this, MJ. You're definitely right. And I think, you know, a responsibility in a community is to make sure that if you're connected to civic organizations, you're in fraternities and sororities, um, any place that you are, Thanksgiving is coming up, have the conversations because these kids I work, I work with adults students age 18 on up and they're dealing with a lot of mental health issues they're in crises they don't know how to cope the things that we dealt with and that we didn't struggle with they are struggling with so it's a much different scene out here so y'all really gotta show some love ask your neighbor how they're doing because people we need people really to survive and i know it sounds so cliche but the amount of people who are in therapy because of these mental health related things is just through the roof, especially with the pandemic. So if you know somebody, reach out to them, bro. Yes, yes. Okay, so my next topic is, um, this has been trending all week long. And we talked about this a little earlier, um, Farrelly, and it is the whole The Baby and Danny Lee debacle. So if you don't know, guys, so... The baby is a North Carolina-based rapper um, who was known to be controversial, and yeah. he had a baby with a another artist by the name of Denny Lee. Apparently, um, she was living here in North Carolina with him, and there was a disagreement. I'm sorry, people are getting nice in here. Uh, <laughs> there was a disagreement, and he asked her to leave the home. So all over the internet, they were going back and forth, doing these live videos. He, and, and at one point, she was arrested and charged uh, with two counts of assault. Um, so in looking at this in high level, and fairly when we talked about this, when we talked about this, um, we, we kind of had a difference of opinion on, one, him asking her to leave his home. And then to him actually calling the Charlotte Metro de- Police Department. Like, so share share what your thoughts are on that. Cause I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So basically, you know, my thought is all I know about the baby is the baby is a rapper. I'm not clued into the culture like that. Yeah. Um, but 
everything I see about the baby has been negative. People, you know, share, we share these videos of him just slapping people. I'm like, okay, this is the gangster life. People love it. He's from North Carolina. <laughs> and this is just kind of what it is. But all of a sudden, it, what it appears to me, because again, I'm not in the culture, um, you got this man with this huge personality who known is known for violence. And now he on the internet calling the police on a woman. And for me, those personas don't really add up. And so all I can see is that this, this, you know, this person with this thug life rapper mentality is really a scared, you know, person talking about his safety. And I've actually met Danny Lay in person, and she is the tiniest little thing ever. Oh right? God, come on. Uh-uh. She's uh-uh. so Listen, that, that a little is, bitty guys, this witness was pretty and petite privilege. And that is people will overlook the ability for you to be violent or manipulative because you are attractive uh-uh. or, or, no. or tiny or you're small and sweet. The law no. does that too. The law does that too. It gives women privilege to say that definitely this big old six five man, you scared this little woman over here? Like, what's she gonna do to you? Yeah, a lot. With a gun. Uh-uh. No. A knife. I I I don't know the full story. So just based off of what we saw. And like you said, the baby does have a persona for um, you know, as we say, he'll get with it. And without shame and without thought. Um, he's been arrested numerous times, you know, he, most of the time it's in self-defense. So I think that him calling the police, especially in a domestic situation where he is asking someone to leave and I'm not saying that she did or didn't, but she was charged. So there had to be some level of proof that she at least attempted to slap him, scratch him, do something. And I think the best thing he could have done was call someone else to maintain order because how easy it is it for something to happen within that household. And because she's cute and tiny and she has a soft voice and she goes online and she says oh he kicked me out and he put his hands on me that, I, that is a level of protection and I'm like I'm not upset about it and I so when people are like oh you know this violent man went and called the police on I think he should have it was a domestic situation he wanted her removed from the home he, he needed to call someone to take care of that or else it would have been something else. So you, you're like anti-woman. Like you're no, not, I'm not anti-woman. I'm, I'm anti-fair because I am a woman who have, who has been in that situation, but I also have a son and I have brothers and I don't want there to be a situation where they're in a situation with a woman and they're trying their best, whether they're in the wrong by saying, get out of my house. That's neither here nor there. That's if they own it, they own it, and they have the right to ask someone to leave. And this woman has the potential to say or do anything. You need to have um, protective measures in place. So I'm not anti anything. I am pro doing just what you need to do to protect yourself, and that's for anybody. But I want to be clear because mm-hmm. you you frame this as a petite and pretty. It had not do with her no, being. That's what you said. I no, you did that. You said I met Danny Lee in person. Yeah, and she was she the tiniest was so thing. Tiny, tiny. And, Nothing and, about and, how she looked, but her her physical stature, right? 
if the baby is the baby, right, mm-hmm. and he is known to be violent, you know, I applaud him for not t- going violent with this person or with Danny Lake, right? I appreciate that. But what I'm just saying is the optics of it is image, right? Yeah. It's like you call the police on a woman, don't really know what's going on. So I, I pulled up this statement that Danny Lay wrote um, in response to whatever he put out. He was like, hey guys, since since baby yeah. want to put up a statement with his cap and ass, I'll put mine up. So we've been living with each other for the past three months since our baby being born. I didn't even know they had a child together. Oh, was yeah, they had a baby, yeah. Doing us. And tonight he want to come in the room talking about I need to go. Don't matter where I go, mind you, I have a newborn child. So he said, I can go to a hotel. This man is mad because I had a plan B sent to his condo because all he want to do is three letter word in me Mm -hmm. with no responsibility. Obviously, he probably want me out so he can F on his baby mother and other hoes who been known who been known we've been together this whole time. While I just had my first child, this all goes to say that this man is a effing coward. I agree. I'm sleeping after cooking him dinner and he want to say I need to go. F you, baby. And man, I really should have just listened to the internet about this man. I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow. But this right here ain't it. And I'm sorry to my baby that her father is kicking her out her home at three months. <laughs> I I call straight bullshit. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't. tell you why. Because. I was raised right. No. They ain't got nothing to do with being raised right. It, let me tell you why. This is a classic case of being young and in love. <laughs> And avoiding the signs and the signals. And at some point, as she gets older, she would hopefully, as she gets older, like many of us have, will understand, like, okay, I was dumb. I I shouldn't have did this. He he wasn't any different. The baby has been consistent about who he is to everybody. This is not new. When she got with him the first time, he was still with his his child's mother. Not to mention he has another child that was born during the same time frame as her child. So and then, you know, right. So there's there's yeah. And then his his first child's mother is currently pregnant. So this isn't like so she's trying to paint this story like she's been victimized and she hasn't. You made a choice to be with a man who's never shown you that he was going to be anything different and has kept other women the entire time of your existence in his life to the point that you even made a diss song that he broke up with you over saying he prefers the light skin. So like, we're like, like then you want to say he threw his baby out of the house. No, he threw you out of the house. And because the package is shared, that means that you're either going to take this child with you or you're going to leave this child here. But he never asked his baby to leave. He asked her to leave his home, which he has the right to do. So as women, what she should not have done was sold her house or wherever she was at or been in a space where she could not leave or move how she needed to move with her child and so from my understanding the her family has been against this relationship like most young and older women do they jump into these situations 
and they don't listen. And that's fine. It's called learning lessons. But come on. He asked her to leave his home and she in the video was sitting there like he said nothing. Well, guess what? Right. This is classic toxic relationships. And this happens probably every day of the week. Yes. In a relationship. Right. So for me, I think what I am missing is what led up to this, right? Because all this. She, she told you, she told thing. you, she said he is mad because I sent a plan B to his condo being petty and mad because this man is who he, who he has been. He but has not intended to be anything different. But let's be adults. I, and it, this, this is the whole thing where our celebrities are the people that folks look up to. Right. Right? Like, I don't even... This is only a story because they are half celebrity. We know plenty of people... I know plenty of people like this in yeah. Rayford. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The same exact stuff. Yeah. And for me, you know, I just believe in <laughs> a man is a protector and a provider. Right. right? And so he could have just, you know, I'm going to get you a hotel. You can go there. I'm going to go. Until we can figure this, I don't know. It could have been something different, but the the whole bringing your personal business on the internet while it's good for likes and clicks and stuff, mm -hmm. these are actually real people. And I think I don't even see them as real people because this is like reality TV, right? This yeah. is real TV, yeah. and people's real lives are impacted by these things. And so, I just kind of like I get what you're saying, but yeah. I still think that the man has a responsibility, and maybe he felt that what he did was the appropriate thing to do. And I don't disagree with that. But I'm like, mm, come on, man. Like, there, to me, it's just something I wouldn't have done. And I'm a, the only reason y'all see me on the internet tonight is because this podcast. But I don't be, I wouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. Right. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. And maybe that's how it makes sense in the celebrity world. I mean, um, you know, regular people do that all the time. Like, it was a, it was a video floating around this week um, of a woman, she came home and um, because she had set up a camera in her house. The white she, people. Yeah, because she had a feeling that her boyfriend or her husband or whoever was cheating on her. And she had let the the friend come live because she was homeless. So, you know, PSA, don't let people come live with you. And so <laughs> she thought the husband was cheating on her. She didn't think it was with the friend. But on the video, it was the friend, and she posted the video of her asking, "Are you sleeping with my man?" Like this is this is like I understand where we are from an age of keep your home, your business, your business. But it's not the world we live in, and this next generation, that's not the world they live in, and everything is going to be posted. And this is now a conversation, but so we got to adjust because <sighs> I'm st I'm still not going to share my private life like that. However, this is it's no it's the new norm, but. Hey, this is the right clip. That girl was folding them clothes when she came in the house. And she was folding them clothes like she knew something was going down. Like, I was like, maybe fold them clothes, honey. <laughs> like, I'm mean, like, nothing happened because I ain't trying to. Like, look at me folding clothes. Thank you for letting me live here, girl. I appreciate you. Thank you <laughs> I mean, yeah, did no. you have cleaned up the house after you had sex? Like, at least I come on to a, a clean house. Like, is that man working? I just don't, I don't get the audacity. That's my new favorite word, is the audacity yes. of people. Yes. Like, that's how you repay me, sleeping with my man? Yeah. 
And let me tell you, niggas ain't shit and they ain't saying nothing. A hundred motherfuckers can't tell me nothing. And that is Nicki Minaj and I don't even like her. But she said a word there. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Niggas will sleep with mud. What women too? Really? Women women is like that? Yes. Y'all just get away with it. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's, it's some women out here living trife. Well, let me, life life. But you know, this just triggered, this really just triggered me. And I'm about to go on a rant about relationships really quickly. Okay. Because you, I don't know if you've seen these things, like now these Instagram couples have been playing these, these tricks on their spouses, mainly the girls. So the, the girl will be leaving the house and she will get a text like, come over, she's leaving. Oh, yeah. And, and then the girl will like take off her shoe. She'll get into this deranged state. Can you tell me what happens in y'all mind when you think your man is cheating on you? That instantly, like the girl was, she was just chilling and it was like, shoe came off and they run in the house ready to fight. Oh, like, so one, the one I saw one where the lady came back, popped the trunk and got her gun out and was walking. And he was like, wait, 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 wait. It's a prank. Like one, stop playing with people. Stop playing, stop playing with people because when it comes to the matter of the heart, you don't know how far somebody will go in an instant moment. It's wild though, but that's it's to me, it's so much deeper than that, right? Like right. people really feel like because I agreed to be in a relationship with you that I own you, you are mine. And I'd be I'd be quick to tell people, no, I'm not yours. Um, we we just go together. <laughs> I know I, I get that. I get I get that and that's that's sweet. But that's that's that is a conversation going into it. Yeah, exactly. That is an understanding going into it. And I'm gonna tell you these the understanding that they have is that we are together. This is this is one and now and I don't got time for the two nor the three. So mm-hmm. when I'm I'm going out and I'm trusting that this is what you you're going to be doing and and this is the agreement that we have is that to only be the one for each other and you're playing these games like you know for for likes and shares and say hey she just left pull up yeah I'm, I'm pulling back up that's that's what's going to happen but Kendra like I, 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 I really I get it. I really this is my this is my only point. Like I totally get that. My point mm-hmm. in saying this is that we have got to, even in a, a marriage, even mm-hmm. in a girlfriend, boyfriend, 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 girlfriend, girlfriend, like people, you cannot control people and you cannot let other people's their actions be an indicator of your own value. And for me, that's that's what the response is about. Like, it's really not about you cheating on me. It's about, about me not being enough for you to do that. And I think it definitely is can trigger folks, you know, and we may not, they may not recognize it that, but that's how I see it in my deep philosophical way. I, I okay. So normally, like when people deal with uh, fidelity or cheating or whatever we want to call it, the the when you get to the point of equating that to your worth or your value, that's that's a couple of stages of grief over. Like that's that's not that's not instantaneous because that's you don't you don't don't recognize that. No, no, you don't. um, No, because 
No, that's not what it is. It is when it when it's happening in that real moment, there is a level where you feel betrayed and unprotected. That's not my value. We had an agreement that it that this was our space that we own together and you and you've allowed someone to violate that you violated me that doesn't immediately go like that happens later as, as you're sitting marinating and you're like well why did you do this not you did it and it hurt me it's the why is when you start to think about your worth to yeah. that person so I'm no not saying, i'm not saying that's what the person thinks immediately i'm saying that is to me that's the root cause of it right you, they may figure that out later on down the line, but the anger and the betrayal, yeah, okay, you broke out, you broke our contract. But for me, I've been cheated on, I've been lied to, but my response to those things has not been violence or ready to fight or slap or da da da. You can't say it's that because you people don't know that deep down you're actually a cold blooded killer. So. I'm silent though, but I'm just saying like, you, to... so you don't have you don't have the same reservations as a regular person. That's not fair. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I just cannot, I cannot understand it. And maybe that's because I'm like, I'm cold-hearted, right? I'll move on and be like, next, right? Because if somebody cheats on me, and I think my childhood trauma has got me to this point to say, you cannot depend on people. So when people fail you and let you down, that's what they're going to do. So why be upset that they did this? And it's you, almost, you know, I'm like, that's that's how I kind of approach it. Like, you know, but you have to recognize that that's that's how that's your defense mechanism for that. Mm -hmm. Somebody else who may have experienced that same type of trauma or you know whatever, their their reaction like again it's time to fight <laughs> like again like this is like that that may be how they manage that so you've come to a different space mm -hmm. but I, I don't think that the immediate reaction is tied to how they see their value in that relationship um I think, cause, though. I think it's the it's the root cause no you know? it's just like if 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 someone so is that the same for if Someone or a friend or someone else betrays you in a different way, whether they steal from you or, you know, they do something malicious behind your back and then you discover it. That pain is from the betrayal. It doesn't immediately go to I don't feel valued like I'm not like I am less than in this relationship. It's the reaction to pain from betrayal from somebody you trust yeah. With the vulnerable parts of you. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying yeah. what you're saying is probably the first one or two, three, four. Re I think we disagree on the foundation. I don't think that's the foundation. The found no, no. I'm saying that the what triggers it is okay. Yes, this thing happened. I feel betrayed. My trust is broken. Yeah. But I think that under that, like a, a pearl or uh, whatever that has a lot of layers, when you get to the center of it, yeah, right. I think it, it's about value, um, but the things that are that you experience first may be that portrayal of trust and that anger, et cetera. So I feel like we're saying the same thing, but we're not. No, yeah, it's yeah. we are, we not. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, really? What you got? So, all right, this is perfect because relationships is something I want to talk about, and I want to share with you all this clip. Um, it's from a pastor, so it's going to have a, definitely a spiritual connotation, but 
listen closely and get your notes ready um, because it's definitely about to go down if I can find it. All right, here we go. Going off of compatibility just by itself can be a trap because first off, you can be compatible with a demon. <laughs> like devils know what you like too. The type of women that you like, you want her to have more curves in the highway. The type of man that you like, you want him tall with broad shoulders and a beard. The enemy could send you pain gift wrapped as your preference. So that's just the first thing about how compatibility can be a trap. The second thing is compatibility is season based. It is possible for you to be compatible with the season of their struggle, but not the season of their success. I want somebody who's gonna be there for me if I hit rock bottom. Well, what if they can only handle your rock bottom, but they can't handle your upward season? So now the question becomes, are we really compatible? Or do we just share similar dysfunction? We're both broken in the same area. We're both wounded over the same things. We have the same feelings over the same wounds, so we end up sharing hearts. But what happens if one of you heals and the other one doesn't? Because just because you heal doesn't mean that they're going to heal. And just because you heal doesn't mean that you can make them heal. What happens if one of you heal? You will remove what y'all had in common. And I want us to be so whole and so secure that when we heal, we don't end up feeling guilty because they're crawling, but we now have wings. It's not just about compatibility. It's about suitability. Does this individual suit my assignment well? Do they compliment what it is that God has me doing in earth while I'm here in time? When a man or a woman has found that, that's a blessing. Because when God gives a blessing, you're not going to have to exchange your mental health as payment to keep it. So maybe you're so exhausted because you're breastfeeding toxicity in order to maintain an image of being happy over the very thing that you told everybody was a blessing. Oh my God. Okay. Whew. What is wrong with you today? Why would you unload that on us? <laughs> it's good though. I'm ready to talk about it. Okay. So firstly, we want to break this down, right? Because I'm single. Kendra's single. I don't know if our viewers are married or not. But y'all could probably also relate to this. So we definitely want to hear you, hear where you are. And if you have it, like this video or share this video, please go ahead and do so yes, uh, so that folks can, can join this conversation. The first thing he started out the gate with was that compatibility can be a trap. And I know that what I'm looking for is compatibility, right? Is how does this person align with my goals and values. I think that's what I call compatibility. And it's really not about um, one is sexual compatibility, emotional compatibility, intelligence, financial, um, and kind of like sharing these same types of understanding. So what do you what do you look for when, when in terms of compatibility in a partner or a, a boyfriend or whomever, whatever you date? <laughs> Really? <laughs> I like how you set that up because, you know, I am notorious for not answering personal questions. 
in hypothetical world, what what would your hypothetical compatible compatible partner look like? I will answer that, but I want to I want to circle back to the you were saying speaking to the married people because I know I know I think MJ's is married. Um, I'm not sure who else in there is married. When he said that the compatibility, basically compatibility is not enough. I, I can we get somebody on to talk about that's married to talk about that? Yeah, if they want to come on, I'll send them the link. Who's who's I you know I can't see Ashley. Are you Ashley's in here? Ashley, you want to hop on? You don't have to turn your camera on. Uh Trey might be next to you. MJ, if y'all want to I'll send you the link. I'm gonna send you the link anyway. Hold on. Copy to clipboard messenger. So yeah, we can I'm gonna see if they if they hop on here. So what I wanna say while we're waiting on that though, um, this kind of shaking or caused me to think deeper beyond the compatibility portion because like he was saying sometimes what depending on what you're looking for in compatibility whether it is you know financial or or the aesthetics um or you know someone with a like background um, so he kind of was kind of on high level talking about trauma bonding. So bonding with someone that is compatible with you in a specific place. Um, but then what happens when you grow beyond that specific place? So whether you start to make more money or you make less money, yeah. now you're not compatible anymore or, you know, um, you heal from whatever childhood trauma you were carrying that was in likeness with that person and they're still sitting in that or in the reverse, like what happens then? Cause oftentimes we see where people say they grew apart or, you know, I grew past this, this space and they wanted to stay back. Like that's why I wanted to get somebody married on to talk about compatibility. Okay. Compatibility portion. But it's so big, right? It's so yeah. big. He said, your pain, like he said, he said, the devil, you can be compatible with a demon. And it was like, because they can give you, it's just like, you know, I, I can be attractive as you want me to be. And that's not necessarily physical, but what are you looking for? Because I can dress that up for you. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Your pain gift gift wrapped as your preference. And right. And so I have a preference for bald head, light skin, beard, right? Boom, yeah. boom, boom. And because as a man, I am visually stimulated. That's the first thing I see. And mm -hmm. I'm I'm going all in. And about two hours later, I'm like, block, right? Because <laughs> You in the package that I want, but you ain't got what I really need to sustain or push myself forward. But what happens when you don't recognize that? Because that's that's a certain level of awareness. So when you don't recognize that, and you and you keep you keep forging out through, and you like, like I that's when you start doing. He was like exchanging your mental health for your for what you th called your blessing. Because that's a whole nother. Ooh. It's a whole nother thing. And it what it sounds like is I keep attracting the same kind of people. 
Yeah. Because your preference and what you actually need, you're not willing to get over what you prefer to get to the thing that can sustain you and push you forward. Yeah. What it is you need. I'm like, I'd be joking sometimes, like, well, I'm going to get me a girl, but I may, I may have to. Like, my destiny might be wrapped up in a woman. God forbid. We ain't sexy. <laughs> Give her a try. Give her a try. He is not welcome to the sex room. (laughs) (laughs) Take Sally out back for a ride, honey. Trey, I know you're not over there putting on a whole outfit. It is taking. Trey, is is he getting Trey? Come on now. I gotta do it. I got pot roast juice on my shirt. (laughs) If you don't get on here, (laughs) Oh, come on. All right. Um. So let me let me go back. Your pain can be gift wrapped as your preference. Then he says you're compatible for a season base. And I, you know, a lot of times we like we see we talk about athletes and black mm-hmm. men. They get money and then they get them a white girl, right? Yeah. And what what is that really about? Why right? you held me down? And maybe you only good and struggle. But when things are good, you don't even know how to function. You don't know what good looks like. And I have seen folks with these survival tactics that they've taken through their whole life. And I'm even shedding some of those things when it comes to my fiduciary responsibilities and not being poor anymore. And having just a little bit more money at the end of the month when it used to be making ends meet, right? Those two totally different things to go through. And while it's amazing to have somebody who can definitely transition with you, which is what we hope, what is that like, Keisha Kayor and Gucci? Yeah. Right? It's that mindset. And if people are not ready to flip and you start, I want more out of life and right. you want the same old thing and you like, well, it's. I remember like watching women get saved, right? And their husband is not saved. Yeah. And it was like, mm, hold up, sis, you changed the contract. Right when we got together, Ashley, you're doing a lot of talking. I sent you the link too. You don't have to turn your camera on. You can just be. You can just uh, join us in a conversation. But I know Trey is over there getting fully dressed, and we don't have time for that. <laughs> um, but that really shifts. It's like, well, you got saved. We used to go to the club. Okay, here go Trey. Okay. All right. So let's see. Yep. See what Trey. Hey, Trey. You gotta turn the TV down. You gotta mute the TV. But that really shifts. Like, well, you're not saying you used to go to the club. Okay, here you go, Trey. All right, back. Boom. I'm getting fully dressed. Chill, bro. It's taking you forever. What's up with it? So you heard the the clip we played, right? Yeah, I heard you say that Joe. it's a good thing it might be in a woman too, but we're gonna talk about that after the show. But go ahead. You Boy, so anyway, what <laughs> happens? Kendra asked a question. It was about the compatibility mm-hmm. in a marriage, and I'm sure marriages go through seasons. How do marriages stick stay together when you are both wanting different things? Is that the question you were asking, Kendra? When when the compatibility shifts, so because so like what he was, what he was saying was that, um, 
sometimes people are compatible for a certain thing, like whether it's, you know, finances or aesthetics or, you know, what they, they've bonded over a particular trauma. So they became really close. And now that one person is healed from that or they've leveled up or they've fallen off, they're no longer compatible, but now they're in this, in this space. So what happens when you're in, in a marriage and you're starting to grow into a different space than where you were before? Like, how do you check in? Like, how do you maintain or do you just figure out another path? I think, um, like, I could give, like, a long answer to that, but I think the, the short answer to it is um, having a, a lasting relationship is just a decision. Like, you, I feel like, like, specifically in our culture, Black culture, like, a lot of us don't have the opportunity of growing up in an environment where trauma is not going to be present. So a lot of times when we go into relationships, that's what connects. Like, we, we connect with people because of our... Uh, familiar traumas mm -hmm. and so with that being said like people are gonna grow people are gonna evolve um whether they last together i think it's just a decision between the two like me and ash like we just like something that we practice early on is just checking in with each other and and we decided like before we even got married we decided that <clears throat> we had never seen the type of example of a marriage that we wanted and so we just went on a journey of trying to create that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, 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 if we wanted an example, how could we be that for ourselves? Like, if, if we weren't married, you did. So through that process, it just kind of kept us like checking in, like just kind of asking, like, okay, where are you now? Because I was, I was young when I got married. She was younger, uh, young too, but I was young. You know what I'm saying? And so um, naturally, you know, you're gonna go through phases of growth just with, with, with life, you know what I'm saying? But being that I was so young when I got married. So the simple answer I think is just making a decision and 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 kind of finding value in you know, why the relationship makes sense for you to stay in it. And that's really what, we, what we've done. So Trey, can y'all make a decision to put a battery in it? Uh, <laughs> 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 really? That's the alarm, chill. Well, set, no, turn it into off. Put it in off mode. <laughs> it's the alarm. It's just what it do. It's what it do. <laughs> but I think you know, married folks. I don't know. That's because I would. I I feel like marriages should have a a three year contract, and you should come back to where you have to renegotiate. Yeah. Right, because as humans we're evolving daily and we need to account for that and a lot of people don't have the skill set to really recognize that i'm changing i'm growing i want new things and do we want the same things can we work through this can you support me as i continue to grow and shift and i think one of the things that really got me beyond that was are we compatible or are we sharing similar dysfunction? And I call that trauma bonding. And I think that's what it's called wildly. It's like, we are together because people don't want us together 
or because we both depressed or we both got shopping addictions or we both have poor communications. And like, I always see this thing about this toxic communications and people like have lately been talking about these red flags. I'll be red flagging all y'all stuff because I don't want that, you know? And if that's what it has to take for like uh, me to be in a relationship, I'll be in a relationship with my money first and I don't have to worry about that one because it's it's too much, right? Um, the other thing is he talked about was suitability, right? Do they complement what I'm supposed to be able to do in the, I would say I was raised Christian, right? We call a woman or a spouse your helpmeet or your helpmate, right? They're supposed to help you live out your best life or your purpose on earth. And that's what I feel about a partner. If I'm getting married to somebody, it's because we're bringing um, characteristics that can push and grow each of us. You, I see something new that can help me go to the next level and I can bring you to the next level. We talked about early on in our podcast that this whole love and marriage thing was new. Marriages and partnerships are like businesses. And it was about building a bigger empire, which is why you you didn't see wealthy folks marrying peasants because a peasant don't have nothing to bring to this. If we combine these empires, we're going to make this alliance. There's going to be safety. There's going to be security. And the last thing I want to say that he really, he blew us out the box. He said, your breastfeeding toxicity to maintain happiness because that's what you told everybody that you had. And some of y'all out here stuck in these relationships that you ain't got no business being in, but because you don't told everybody about it and you're afraid to look stupid, you staying in these situations that no longer serve you. And so if you've been able to get out of a situation, even though it might hurt you, you got to release stuff when it don't feel good. Take a look at the red flag posts on social media and those things are, they're not just, it's just not entertainment. These are real red flags. And a lot of folks, we ignore red flags because the person is who we we think they can be, who we want them to be. And if they've already shown you who they are, they're most likely are not going to change. And so you have to be really clear about that space. And that's my two cents. Trey, thanks for joining us, man. I'm going to kick you out, all right? For sure. I think what you're saying, um, it reminds me of this this uh, lady that I met once. Um, and exchanging mental health for your blessing and uh, breastfeeding toxicity. I met this older woman some years ago. Um, and she was, like Trey said, she's making a choice. Um, she was making a choice to stay married even though the marriage was, she was suffering in that marriage. Her husband had checked out. He was no longer present outside of the physical. And he was present in other places. And I'll never forget, I was at her home. And one another woman that was there asked her, you know, why don't you just leave? You know, leave it all. And she was, and she was like, I, I don't want to, like, that's too much to kind of have to start over and I already have everything. And that's and I'm sitting there like, I never 
want to be in that space where I am saying because of this, the aesthetic of having a home with a yard and a car and a person to call a husband or a spouse, um, just so I don't have to look embarrassed or I don't have to look like I starting over. Like I just never, <clears throat> I never want to exchange that. Like that's, that don't, it doesn't make sense to me, but I understand how you can get in that space. I understand how you can be trapped there and find yourself 40 years later telling another young woman, you know, I wish I would have left. If I could have done it, I would have. Don't do what I did. You're on mute. Only uh, ups the ante when if it's this person is financially secure and that's a, a level, another level of control that can be exerted over the emotional control. Yeah. So if you if you are if you have come to expect a certain lifestyle, um, you will deal with some things because it serves you until it no longer does. And I think that's really what a lot of people experience the trauma, the, these trauma bonds. And it's like, we like, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just leave? Because in some ways, this situation still serves me. And I would exchange, get my ass beat and not worrying about what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to live, what I'm going to do. Yeah. Like, this is the price that I pay. And then, and I think people tell themselves that, well, this, this is just part of the life, right? Yeah. Like if you want to pay, if you want to be the boss, you got to pay the cost. And that's another a situation I think <laughs> that Kevin Samuels will probably say if you got a a, a, a high value man, <laughs> right? You got to, you just got a deal. And saying that now, it just sounds real bad, right? That you got to do certain things because of the financial status and stability of this person. And some people will do it. And I think that's why that statement is true because for those who won't, they're 10, probably who will. Hundreds. You know, because there is this concept that money is everything. It definitely handles money problems, but yeah. it's not everything. It can definitely put you in a, a place. Think about Young Dolph. The reason probably why he got shot up was about his money. Had to probably had to do so. I, I will probably bet ten dollars on it that it had something to do with money. Yeah. So this is this is this is deep. It's something for me to think about. Um, making me stay single or crossing over to the pond and finding me a woman uh, who might be able to push my destiny forward. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, we'll have you back to talk about this some more. <laughs> this is not a show about me. This is for entertainment purpose, uh, purposes only, and we discuss news. Oh, God. We discuss the news. And one thing, um, you know, I, I definitely, I want to also, in the realm of the family, I want to give a kudos to all y'all who raising these kids who were born after the year 2001. No, 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 no. Who were born 2000 or later. Thank you. Okay. I need it. Thank you. Because 
y'all keep proving to me day by day that I don't want to make my own people. Let me tell you something. When you start making people, it's a whole nother. I mean, you 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 get to see it for really. So I don't even have to. It is um. Listen, it's hard. It's hard. It's it is hard, and you never discussed it. You never look in the comments. <laughs> you never know what's gonna come out that mouth. How the things that they experience are going to shape them. And I think the biggest part of me is being a failure. Is you can be the best parent that you can ever be and imagine. You can be better than your parents. Yeah. And it's still not be enough. Not be enough. Yeah. That's that is my greatest fear of having a child. Is I think, I think that comes with awareness too, though. Because you know, like we were talking about last last week, being blissfully ignorant. Mm-hmm. I think. If we were not in tune to, you know, the shift in the culture of, you know, being aware of emotions and emotional intelligence and mental health and, you know, not just putting a bandaid, oh, you all right. And now like consciously saying like, no, this does matter. And like, because, you know, we didn't have those tools because it wasn't there. So now it's like, damn. I don't even know what to say. Like, let me Google something. Like, you're we're literally figuring this out. Yeah. Every day. It's hard. It's I'm hard. a good uncle. I'll buy gifts, say, hey, play with the babies and leave. <laughs> so if you need to go on a date night or whatever, I got you for a couple hours, but you're gonna have to come on back to the house. Yeah. Okay? So um wow. This has been a, a really good show tonight, Kelsey. We missed you, girl. Yeah, girl. Hopefully you can join us next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do ever want to hop on with us, share uh, your perspectives, all you got to do is hit us up in the chat. If you got topics you want us to talk about, uh, we're always open to including our viewers in our show. Yes, we are. And I just want to say that tonight's live is brought to you by Captured Moments. Um, is we There is a local company called Capture Moments that will provide you with a 360 photo booth experience for your next event, party, and or wedding. So if you would like some more information, please reach out to us and we will get that over to you. Um, thank you again for joining us tonight. This has been um, amazing. Um, we will see you guys next Thursday at the same time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube. So please don't forget to hit the buttons for like, share, and subscribe and join us every week uh, with a dose of We Probably Right. All right. And then we'll have a video from our sponsor. You can follow them on social media at Moments Captured. Uh, and then we'll be out. All right. Uh, So thank you all for joining us. Peace out. Love you all. Bye.